Hi, I'm Matt Pereira and you're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws. It's me, Dave, and my fellow over there, the man <laughs> with with the best photography skills on the podcast. <laughs> Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Yes, very good. good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, it's a great, great episode this week. We were quite looking forward to this because we set it up a few weeks ago when we were at the Societies. Um, and it's a guy we actually met at an event that we're partnered with at the moment, which is the Photography Show. Now, we're really pleased to have this because we go there every year and it's really important to us as an event that we get to network and meet our friends. And so the Photography Show have partnered with us. They've given us a 20% discount off your tickets. It's a month away. You're listening to this the day after Valentine's Day. So I hope whoever you spent Valentine's Day with, it was a, it was a joyous one and they bought <laughs> you some really expensive camera gear to show how much they really love you. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we've got a code. It's HSHD for He Shoots, He Draws. Uh, TPS for the photography show, 19. So it's HSHD, TPS 19. That will get you 20% off your ticket. So it's four weeks away. We've got an interview coming up soon about the show to tell you a bit more about it. But um, yeah, this guy, we actually met at a show that preceded the photography yes. show. That's how long ago it was. So do you want to talk a little bit about him? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to steal his thunder because this. I think after this episode, people are going to just love Matt. They're going to absolutely love him. So the guy's uh, his name's Matt Pereira. Um, although we only see him, it's probably maximum twice a year at events. Yeah. He's just a really good mate, and he's one of those guys that when we go to events, we hunt him down because he's just oh, lovely yes. to catch up. And I, I kind of, I would, I would kind of describe Matt in a way that I would also say something about you is the fact that I would judge another person by what they think of Matt because if they don't like Matt I'd want to know why yeah. because how can you not like Matt do you know what I mean yeah. he's just such the nicest guy but this episode um what's interesting was because I, I told you I, I spoke to Matt the day before we recorded this interview on the phone yes yeah and um he was kind of getting a bit kind of oh I don't know if I've got anything that's going to be valuable to say or couldn't be further from the truth I mean yeah. he absolutely killed it in this he really did he delivered everything we thought we'd get from the interview and more. Yeah. And I think that was really good. The honesty that comes through is is more important than anything. And if you are, as Matt calls himself, a working photographer, if you're in photography, if you're having, you know, photography is your living or your sideline, give this episode a listen because it, I mean, it opened my eyes mm. um, and, I, and I could see you kind of reacting to what he was saying. But yeah, yeah. Matt is saying, Matt, the way Matt talks about his business, it's it's really refreshing to hear and yep. probably hits home more than a lot of the bigger guests we get. Absolutely. This, what Matt talked about and the way he was so honest, the, the industry needs more of it. Because yes. like we talked about in the chat, and I'm not going to steal the thunder, but we talked about this isn't Facebook life we live in, where everything everybody does is just wonderful. There are things where we go through that don't work out. We all go through a bit of dark times, and we just kind of, you can almost get to the point where you feel like throwing the towel in. And yeah. Matt talks about all of this, do you know what I mean? But what's exciting about it is it's not just for people who are in business, like you mentioned. This could be for somebody who's, I don't know, I hate the word, but they've lost their mojo when it comes to photography because there is a point, and we both agreed on this, yeah. that towards the end, you notice a gear shift in Matt. Yeah. When he starts to talk about a new thing that he's kind of working on, a new angle that his business is going in, and you could just see it. You could he really see straight, it. He oh, became man. more more kind of his stature Puffing was bigger. his chest and, out, yeah. flexing his biases. he was doing the Ripped whole. Ripped his shirt off, <laughs> swung it above his head. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a really good, we're not going to give you any more from the interview because no. Matt did, did an amazing job. So I'm just going to hand it over to you, Glenn, and let's start it like we always start it. Yeah, let's go for the usual intro and we'll start with Matt. Who are you? Uh, I am Matt Pereira. Um, I'm a UK working photographer. Um, I've been a working photographer for 11 years. Um, started off uh, kind of full steam ahead in the wedding industry um, because that's just kind of how it happened, really, all those years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a whole variety of things over the years uh, in terms of 
uh, genres of photography that I have uh, experimented with and and earned money from um, and have floundered, actually, quite a lot, which is why this particular question is quite a hard one. No, that's good. Uh, listen, already you're being honest. That's a good thing because this is an honest podcast. But Dave, can I just dive in? There's one thing, Matt, you've said already that I want to jump on. Yeah. All right, I'm going straight for the jugular, straight away here, right? And I, it's only because it's interesting. You are the first person ever, Matt, to say, when they describe themselves, you describe yourself as a working photographer. Yeah. So many people would say, I'm a professional photographer, so... Why working photographer? Why did you choose that and not professional photographer? That's, no, it's genuinely intriguing. Okay, uh, because I listened to your early podcasts. Oh, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but actually, do you know oh, what? So at the beginning, Dave, when you said we were talking about potentially how to do this intro, when you used the word professional photographer, you might have seen my eyebrows raised because I thought, yeah. no, I don't say that anymore. I'll actually. be honest with you, mate. Your exposure is so bad on your video. I can't see any eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the light shining off my head listen i can say that i saw i can get away with that as well yeah i mean my 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 terminology i've always said this about as a not you know as the non-photographer for me professional doesn't mean working professional is how you behave mm. so it's you know respecting the industry respecting your peers respecting the work you do respecting your clients so to me whether you're working or hobbyist you can still be professional because it's the way you act around other people so but I think working photographer is more honest because that is what you're doing you know you are that that is how your your what your bread and butter is I, I've said this before when, when I've been doing talks I because I, I the reason I jump onto that Matt is because whenever I'm talking in fact last night I did the first camera talk I've done in a long time I mean we spoke on the phone before and anyway didn't we before I left and when I talk about photographers I when I, I get people to put their hands up and say who here is a working photographer and then I kind of go on to say I never say professional because we have all seen people who call themselves professional Mm, that's questionable we've also seen people who call themselves amateur or enthusiasts that really you look at their work you think wow professional yeah, yeah. so it is a bit of a, that's, that's the reason i kind of picked you up on it there mate so yeah i think it it was a really interesting point that you made when i think it was in your ranty days your more ranty days of the podcast <laughs> we, still, we still have them <laughs> but uh, i it, it's something that really resonated with me because uh, as you say anybody it's a phrase that you hear a lot anybody can pick up a camera and call themselves a professional photographer um, yeah. and you can earn money from it um, and call yourself a professional photographer um, but once you get to the point where you start to put the graft in I think it's it's kind of the next level up from a professional photographer with the air quotes um yeah it's a working photographer uh, truly is somebody who is grafting and properly making and earning a living from photography mm-hmm. yeah and there's more than just the photography because tonight i had a journey home i've driven back from the office and i've been rehearsing a talk that i'm doing uh that, that's going to be about graphic design and it is that thing of it's not just picking up a camera and taking photographs. Part of that working process is paperwork, book work, marketing, you know, preparing for the next shoot, uh, the the post editing of stuff. It, it, so many people fall into the trap of and I hear it quite often is, you know, people kind of want to quit their job and become a photographer because they that's all they think it is, is I'll go and buy a nice camera. I'll go and do weddings because I can earn good money. But they don't put any of the other pieces together and then wonder why they're failing. So when you first started as what you'd call like your your journey as a working photographer, how much preparation had you put into the business side to know that you could make this your living? I so I I started my uh, my adult life, uh, if you like, working in IT. So I did um, kind of show how old I am. I did an O-level, an A-level, and then a degree in computer science. Um, And I worked up until uh, 2007, 2000, yeah, 2006, 2007 as um, an IT specialist. Um, I lived in Italy for uh, 18 months, uh, 2000 to 2001, which had been a dream. Um, 
but when I got uh, when I got back from Italy and I was I was working IT, I kind of got to the point where I was totally fed up with answering to another master, answering to somebody who was who was based in the states where the majority of my team were, and telling me whether or not they thought I was doing a good job, um, yeah. because they kind of didn't really know whether I was doing a good job. Um, so towards the uh, beginning of two thousand and six. Um, I started experiment, no, experiment is not the right word. Uh, I started with the journey of discovering what it meant to be, uh, as a professional photographer, which is what I was yeah. calling it at the time. So I did a 12 month business course, uh, up in the Lake District, um, it was a module a month for 12 months. So it wasn't like I was yeah. there for 12 months, um, and it cost nearly ten thousand pounds. Wow! Wow! Um, and I bought into it because I was sold on the uh, the emotional journey and sold on the dream of only working three or four days a week. Um, and I think a lot of people fall into the the aspiration of working three or four days a week doing this amazing creative thing. Um, and it's sold to you as something that's really, really easy to do. You just have to do this, do that, do that, follow this formula. Um, and I, uh, obviously without naming where it was or, or who it was rather, um, I'm, I feel a little bit let down by the fact that we were never really prepared for the the admin side of it yeah. because it's only when you start to try and fulfill your dream as a professional photographer that you realize that only about 5% of it is actually being out there and taking those photographs the rest of it is that entire back end sometimes soul destroying thing that if you don't do, you're you're gonna like pretty much get laid to rest early um, because your your business will just die. So so okay, with that in mind, then when you're saying that that's such a small percentage, because what what you do, I'm a photographer, you're a photographer, but we're very very different in what we do. Yeah, um, I don't do the kind of work that you do. Do you know what I mean? So mm. looking at what you're talking about there, such a small percentage of your time, if you look at it on a day to day basis, is taking the pictures. The rest of it is on the business and the admin side of it. And you can you can hear it in your voice how potentially that could make it feel really mundane and soul destroying yeah. yeah how do you stop that how do you go about kind of preventing that kind of cloud if you like coming over photography because you got involved in it because you love it yeah yeah i do you know what i, I think the real answer is i'm not a hundred percent sure that i have gotten over it so i i sometimes really really suffer from the darkness of it um, you know, you put out this persona on social media that everything's wonderful and, yeah, and yeah. everybody yeah. does it because you only ever put the good stuff out. Nobody puts the crap stuff out, do they? Mm, um, right. And so the reality is that, you know, the, the old swan analogy, whilst you're swimming along gracefully, the bit that everybody can see is that graceful part, whereas underneath the water, you know, you're going, you're going like crazy. And... um I uh, I have made I think um one of the biggest mistakes that I've made over the last 10 years is trying to take on everything and do uh wedding photography and um baby photography and family portraits and headshots and commercial photography and pets and video and all of this stuff and um, I have a, a really good friend who um, year on year around this time of the year, we always get together and say, well, I'm still here. I'm still shit at marketing. And I have been for six years. Um, and actually, it was only at the end of last year did I finally come upon a little bit of uh you know a, a massive light bulb moment really that by 
by running myself so thin in so many different directions um it was it was effectively um, paralyzing me because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Um, mm. I didn't know who I was marketing to. I didn't know what I really wanted to do. And um, I've been working with um, uh, with uh, a video business coach for about 18 months on and off, um, but but more uh, more permanently now because I realize the importance of it. Um, and he's been on and on and on at me and, any, and everybody that's in this um, uh, that's in this group to niche and focus and pick one thing and do it really, really well. Because I know that I'm, I'm without blowing smoke up my own backside, I'm really good at lots and lots of different things. Um, and, you know, I was asked some time ago, you know, what is it that you're good at? And I kind of gave, I don't know if it was an arrogant answer, that photography, because I, I, I think I'm quite good at my lighting. Um, I, I spent some time years ago doing a little bit of, uh, I guess you could call it personal development. Somebody said to me, if, if there's one thing that you do in your photographic career, uh, that is learn how to do off-camera lighting. And I was really scared of it. In the first four years or so, it frightened the life out of me because I, I couldn't get my head around it. Um, but then I um, I did the uh, Zach Arias One Light DVD. Oh, fantastic, uh, mate. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that with um, a couple of um, almost one to ones um, uh, with somebody that was teaching uh, lighting and um, and suddenly got it and have never have never really looked back. Um, but then that opened up so many other different channels of where I could use this stuff so i was using it yeah. on family shoots and on pet shoots and on weddings and you know so i was still <laughs> yeah. i was still not focusing um and so at the end of last year i i did a little bit of um i, I think it's a really important thing to do now i've done it i not that i can talk with authority but now i've done it to be able to analyze your business and see where your money has come from over I did it over the last 18 months and discovered that of all the things I do the majority of my income came from the two genres that I actually did the least amount of work with wow Wow. which is crazy and so I thought well what if I just focus on those two things let's let's keep everything else the way it is and let's just focus on those two things and one of those things which actually i'm i'm going full steam ahead with right now is uh is video uh there i was just gonna say i know you're great at video (laughs) you hadn't mentioned it yet so i'm glad you've said that so i i guess i've got to a point where not that i'm not that i'm saturated with photography but i because of the things i've already said about being able to do so many different types of photography is it you want to feel challenged? Yes, that's exactly right. it. I want to feel right. challenged and and I want to feel I want to fall back in love with my business because I know that recently I've just been struggling through and pr- still obviously the main focus is always to provide your clients with what they need and and actually I do quite a bit of business networking and one of the one of the things that I use to sell myself is that not only do I aim to give my clients what they want, but I aim to give them what they didn't even know they could have in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And that I think is a really, really important thing as a, as a creative is you work with your client to work out or, or to try and establish what their vision is. Um, and then you as, as the, the trained creative have a vision of your own and you bring mm. them something that completely blows them away. Mm-hmm. So here, here's your picture of, uh, you know, a, a bowl of food or, or, a, or a roll of toilet paper. Like I've, I, in, in my past, you know, in, in some of the commercial shoots I've done for a, a cleaning company, you know, they, they needed f- toilet paper photographing. So <laughs> I, I did it, but I tried to do it in, in a bit of a creative way. And, you know, somebody said, my God. I've got it, to see those pictures now you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what you're doing there, Matt, is you're, you're building your brand. You're yes. because but so many people think like oh God, you know as the designer I get photographers go uh, I'm quitting my job I'm starting a photography business my name is Dave Clayton Photography I need a logo I need I need business cards I need but I haven't got any money for it um, <laughs> but I need this and then I can go and do like you know this or do that but 
that your brand as a photographer is isn't your logo and it isn't your business card your brand is how other people talk about you and your reputation and when you when your client is showing off your work and talking about it with such enthusiasm that they feel it's money well spent and they go yeah and he did this as well it's not that they're overselling you um because there's nothing work worse as a you know a, a professional or is doing something for free and then that person you gave it to tells all their mates they got it for free and it just devalues everything yeah. you do yeah. so what you're doing is you are still brand building because your reputation you're working on your reputation as part of your business yeah uh, rather than just do i'll just do the bare minimum i know we joke and we say about the you know jack of all trades master of none and you know i do weddings i do babies you know at the end of the day if a brickie if a you know if a builder who builds houses needs to put food on the table he'll still build a brick wall yeah you know yeah you, he'll you still, still do the plastering work. if he can yeah. he'll still do the electrics if he can yeah, yeah exactly he's yeah. still got to put money on the table but they should only be like filler things. It's if you've got a quiet week and you get a wedding or, you know, you get a family shoot, it's still money, but it shouldn't be, I'm Matt Pereira, the wedding, baby, corporate, headshot, food, travel, sky, trees, landscape. <laughs> Grass. Uh, yeah. On, on that, uh, roll. <laughs> what, what you said there, Matt, about how you had that, uh, the job in the IT, I'm kind of just going to, Try and lead into this here, but it's the job in the IT, you then move you then became this photographer. Yeah. Okay. There was there was a thing I was at last year, some conference where I was on a panel and it was all about um talked about going pro. And one of the questions that was thrown out from somebody was look, or it wasn't more of a statement really, and they wanted advice. It was a case of listen, I have a full time job, but I love my photography. I want my photography to be my job. What do you as a panel? There's about four of us were on this panel. What do you suggest I do? Should I A, quit my job, or B, do it alongside? And I'm just intrigued. What is Because there was arguments for and against. My argument was, or my kind of reasoning was, don't quit your job. Run it alongside so that then your job can help you to develop your photography because you haven't got to worry about the money while you're doing that. But there was somebody else there who said, no, pack your job in 100% and commit. If you can't commit to your photography, nothing will happen which I thought was a little bit too maverick. Uh, what's, what's your, what would you say, what advice would you give? I, when I was considering quitting my job, um, so it was 2007, October 2007, when I finally quit. Uh, before that, I was doing this, uh, this 12-month business course and I was always pushing it out another month oh, do you know what? I've actually, I've only got one wedding booked for next year. I'm just going to wait until I've got more. And a really good friend of mine at the time said to me, you have to, there were two, two of my good friends said to me, you just need to quit and commit. And one of them said to me, and it still sticks with me, is nothing will, what was it? Nothing will focus you more than the need to focus and so okay. there are advantages i would say there are definite advantages to both you would be i think you would be if you're the main breadwinner in your family you would be yeah. absolutely crazy to quit your job or almost on a whim <laughs> i just wrote that down really i was gonna throw it back at you say okay yeah. different circumstance let's imagine now you're married with four kids yeah and a massive mortgage same advice yeah quit no, absolutely not. No, yeah. I would definitely yeah. run alongside. But I guess what you have to understand is that to get yourself to the point where you can quit, you have to put in almost as many work hours as you do your normal job. And so yeah. is it what you really want to do at this stage? What was that rem- saying? What was that saying you said again? Sorry, Dave. That no, the need to focus. Oh, what? nothing will focus you more than the need to focus. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Mate, in about, in about down, two, I'm writing that down. <laughs> but in the in the, about the last three episodes, Dave, we had some corking corking sayings. I know one of them was mine. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all right. I think Matt's got another one. You're lagging behind here, mate. <laughs> you got to come. Up, you got to come up with one. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Just on the, on the subject, while I'm thinking about it, because I'm writing notes down here, I'm not being ignorant, I'm writing stuff down, that's why my head goes down. Uh, you mentioned Zach Arias, just quickly mentioned, mm. I take it you've watched the Transform video he did a few years ago. Is that the like the 20 minute ramble against the sky? 
when he's kind of saying about going through his dark times yes. and stuff like yes. that and about his dad and all that kind of all right okay we'll put a link to that dave in the show notes for anybody who's not seen it because mm. that the one light dvd thing that you mentioned was the turning point for me uh-huh. and that transform video yeah holy crap that yeah. really did hit home uh-huh. so i think i think gonna say i think i might have shed a tear or two when i listened to that because it really really did strike home yeah my eyes definitely sweated i didn't cry (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say it's just something i'd i'd heard from it wasn't a photographer but it was about somebody who had a had a day job and had a passion outside of work it was design and they were saying i don't know they earned 25 grand a year and they said do you know what the, the the amount of design work I do now, I actually earn twenty five. I actually earn twenty five grand a year from the design and branding work I'm getting. So I'm thinking I might as well quit my job, and just do design. And I and I said, I, I I get what you're saying, but what you've just told me there is, okay, you're you're earning twenty five grand your day job and you're making twenty five grand on the side, so you're earning fifty grand a year but you're going to quit your job and go back to earning 25 <laughs> yeah. grand a year. So now are you looking at it as like the need to focus is you've now got to make up that other 25 grand, but you know, you already do 25 grand or is the danger that you kind of take your eye off the ball on that and forget that you've got to make 50 grand and you're assuming you'll make 25 grand. And it's such a big thing with the financials that that's why you know, I've said on many a podcast I've spoken on, I left school at the age of 16 back in 1937, <laughs> just in the middle of the war. No, I left, <laughs> I left school at the age of 16 in 1982 and I went and worked for my dad in engineering. Now, I, I'm a born designer. I never actually got a job in marketing or graphic design till I was in my, I'd say a proper job till I was in my early 30s. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in. Before I forget, because I'm writing all these notes here, Matt, uh-huh. and like, like I said, it's not me being rude. My head yeah, no, goes no, down. I, I got that. If if, the, if my eyes close, I am being rude because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sleep. But while while we're co- <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to dive in because I want to make sure we get these covered. Because sometimes okay. I know I get a feeling we're going to get carried away with you here. But <laughs> one of the things, if you've listened to um, all bar ten of the episodes, by the sounds of it, you'll know that we do this loves and loathes scene. Mm. So let's get that let's get that under the way here, okay. because we're a great discussion about business, and there's a few other little things I want to pick up on there. But looking at your business, looking at the kind of stuff, the social, all the other sort of stuff that goes along with your business, the day to day running of it, and maybe the social media stuff like that. Let's start off with a positive. What do you love about what you do? So. For fear of sounding like, oh my God, another one that's saying it, the the immediate thing that comes to my mind um, is, and I'm not just blowing smoke, is people like you two. So to be, to be perfectly honest, so it, it, this kind of, uh, if I may, this... Read uh, it word for word like we sent it to you. <laughs> Don't go off off script. <laughs> no improv. Come on. Um, this ties in quite nicely with... Um, I've got two loathes, actually. And this ties in quite nicely with the first one. So the, my first loathe is, no, of this on. business... So is the love, I'm the come love back is to people it. like us. Yeah, I'm going to come that. back to it. Talk about us more. Is, right. is the loneliness of doing this job. The loneliness of being a creative that used to work in an office with a whole load of people and sitting in your office trying to work out what the hell you're supposed to be doing with your marketing uh going from um going from almost from month to month wondering where the next job is going to come from because if you haven't got your marketing right which for a long time I haven't you get to a stage where it's like you know January February it's been like, oh my God, you know, where's where's the money coming from? And so the loneliness that that, that uh, puts you in uh, is countered by, uh, for me, and I know some people hate it, but for me, my two real high points of the year in the business 
is the societies show and the photography show because I get to meet people that I only see year on year, which obviously includes you guys. Um, and I, I love, you know, without sounding like a fanboy, like you are two of the people that I look out for every society's show and every photography show. Because when we met those, what, five, six years back, within about an 10 minutes, it felt like I knew you forever. And it's people like you um, who who make the industry a good place to be. That is but really nice of you to say, mate. That really thank is. Thank you. But back at you as well. Back at you as thank well. Because we, we, we hunt you out. Yeah, we uh, we always have a cuddle. We always have a cuddle <laughs> we when do. we see you. And it's always lovely. It's always just like you can look through a crowded room and it sounds all romantic. But we see your smile and make a beeline for you. And no matter who you're talking to. I mean, I, I saw you at the societies and you were chatting to someone on the stand you were working on. And I circled round a couple of times because i wanted to get you that i wanted to be next but it was because I, I, i'd hate to have not chatted to you at yeah. the event yeah but i would say my my main loathe and and i wrote this down actually because i wanted to be able to remember um kind of the arty way of saying it really um and that is the scarcity mentality that is born of insecurity so okay. i think that there is a it's kind of an epidemic of scarcity mentality versus an abundance mentality. And for me, an abundance mentality means that there is more than enough work to go around for everybody. You think about the millions and millions of people that there are who need photography and videography services. Just just talking yeah. about our, um, our industry. industry. There we go. Yeah. Um, and I think when you start out, um, you can't help but be very protective over your work and your clients. Um, and I think that causes you to not want to share anything. And I've been through that myself. Yeah, yeah, In the yeah. early days, I didn't want to go out and talk to other people about how uh, how I did so-and-so to get so-and-so client because what if somebody else went and did that and got the client that I might be able to get yeah and it's only in these later years that I realize um, and this also comes from working with a business coach um, that if you have an abundance mentality you are saying to yourself and for for want of not sounding too woo-woo to, to the universe that there is more than enough work to come round for everybody so let's have it and, and you want to find the best work for you exactly and that's the thing yeah yeah and and i think yeah that that's exactly it and so it's the scarcity mentality that leads you to take every single thing that comes in even though the the little 100 200 pound job that might take you an entire morning actually if you were to say no to that job because it's not what you want to do but spend that morning doing marketing and phoning five of your clients you might actually get a job that earns you 500 pounds yeah yeah so one question i wanted to ask you was we met you at a trade show yeah and and we were talking about uh what six five six seven years ago and we obviously met you at a trade show recently from attending the shows where you said you like coming along meeting people like us what do you think you've learned from going to those kinds of events because obviously you know the first time we saw you it was kind of accessories and then when i saw you at the societies you were working with light blue yeah so from speaking to that kind of people buying bits and pieces to people looking at business what have you learned from those conversations that's helped your business um i think that so more specifically uh recently working as you said working with light blue um lots of people come to have demos uh of the light blue stuff and then when they find out what the price is which like quite honestly is nothing for a piece of software that helps you run your business they yeah. go, oh, do you know what? £15 a month, mate. I'm not sure I can <laughs> I know. do that. 
and and anyway, I'm just going to go and buy somebody some coffees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I looked down at the bags, and I did it this year uh, in uh, in January. I looked down at their bags, and I said, "You got two lenses in that bag because I can see through the semi see through part cameras bag. How much did those lenses cost you? And do you know how to use them to their best? And are they going to earn you any more money? Are they going to help you remember to contact your clients and stuff like that? And so from that point of view and and working with the accessories because people are gear junkies they want the latest bags they want the latest um you know the storage the latest cameras the latest lenses but nobody no, no, nobody is is not quite the right word lots of people don't put that much emphasis on business software and the back end because it's also new it's also exciting so let's spunk a whole load of money on a whole load of kit um, and make it look like we're professional photographers when actually to be a working photographer you need that back end stuff going on yeah and because you've got to pay for a website you've got to pay for hosting you've absolutely. got to pay for printing you've got yeah. to pay for admin tax everything you've yeah. got and that and that's the thing going back to what we said at the beginning is people would happily blow a load of money on gear because it makes them feel good yeah but but no money on there was a great quote i saw today it was about um amateur no, this is the wrong kind of wording but it was like amateur photographers get obsessed by gear and professional photographers are obsessed by light and technique which i thought was quite an interesting way of looking at it is if you're just focusing on the gear all the time you're not learning the craft yeah. So the the way you the way the way you tip over is where you stop obsessing about the gear, and like Zacharias said, you know, I only buy a new camera when I've completely know exactly. Yeah. I've yeah. worn out my current camera. Yeah. So so, you know, you you never see people like Joe McNally obsessing about flashes and bags and tripods. You see him obsessing about light and technique and location and composition. So it's quite interesting to hear how people obsess over these things and at what direction they come at it yeah yeah and i think also there it, it's a little bit like um it's like hoarding so you go out and, and i've absolutely put my hand up in the early days i used to do this all the time i absolutely had to have the latest version of the 5d mark whatever it was isn't that, um, that's what everyone's like though mate isn't it yeah, everyone goes yeah. through that yeah. and you collect and you collect and you go out and you do your job and so you you think oh my god do you know what the 5d mark 3 has come out i have to have that camera because it's the latest camera and i shoot all these weddings and portraits so you buy a 5d mark 3 and you do exactly the same thing with it that you did with your 5d mark 2 and then the four comes out and you do the same thing that you did with your three. And what people don't do, and I'm, I, I've been guilty of doing this, is you don't go out and experiment and play. And, you know, Glenn, you'll, you'll completely be in tune with it. Go out and do personal projects mm -hmm. and, and expand your own knowledge and expand your skill set to be able to fulfill the, the usability of the kit that you've yeah. got. Yeah, I mean, I talking about kit and changing when you feel it's necessary. I mean, I I had I started out with Nikon, I then went to Canon, and I got to say, I think the move to Canon was more influenced by what close friends were using. That's mm. why I probably did that, uh, and also I got a really good friend who's uh, well in with Canon, and he he was just able to give me much more advice that I needed how to do stuff with it. So that was why I did that. But then I moved to Sony, and I know why I moved to Sony. And for the record, not sponsored by Sony or nothing. All the Sony kit I have paid my own good money with. Um, but I moved to Sony purely because when I'm doing the colorizing of my images and I use lookup tables and adjustments and all that kind of stuff, I was noticing with my... And I love Canon. This isn't a Canon slating session. I love my Canon. I really do. But when I'm doing my editing... I was finding that when I was colorizing it in the shadows, I was getting artifacts and I could see it start to break down after about maybe four or five different mm. lookup table adjustments. So um, a friend of mine, Frank Doroff, sent me a file of a Sony camera to have a play and do the same stuff too. And I got to six, seven, eight, nine, ten adjustments on this file, no artifacts. I thought, well, for my workflow, that is what suits my how I work. So then I, that's why I made that move over to Sony. Mm. 
Um, so I knew why I was doing it rather than just... I mean, now the, the A7R three has been out over a year now, the latest Sony one. And people are saying to me, what are you using? I'm A7R two. Are you going to get the A7R three? No, not yet. I, you know, I haven't pushed this thing to its limitations yet, and I very much doubt I ever would. I mean, yeah, there'll come a time when I change, because there'll be other things with focus tracking that I'm starting to use more now. Uh, but at the moment, I'm not going to. I'm not going to change for change's sake. Yeah, yeah. I went through um, maybe five years ago when the Fuji mirrorless cameras came out. Uh, I jumped on a gear bandwagon and actually there was a reason for going mirrorless at the time is because I wanted something lighter for my Mm -hmm. weddings and my commercial work. Um, But actually having used the, I I bought an X-Pro1 and then an X-T1, X-T2, I I was having problems with it doing what I wanted to do for me. And as a result, I haven't got rid of all of it and I've gone to the EOS R because I still wanted a mirrorless camera and what I find now is it's really interesting that a lot of people are uh, bigging up the EOS R a lot of the big names um, am I allowed to mention names is it all right so so Andy Rouse um, who I've known a long long time um, he was Canon he went to Nikon he came back to Canon um, has has um, completely um, supported the, the the 1DX Mark II because of you know what he does his wildlife and his aviation his aviation photography is absolutely stonking. But recently he has just put up a post um, on his blog and on LinkedIn um, about shooting hummingbirds with the EOS R. And this mm-hmm. EOS R, it, it's like it's an entry level camera. Well, not an entry level. It's like it's a mid level, isn't it? Because apparently yeah. there's an entry yeah, yeah, level yeah. coming. And so it 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 just goes to show that you don't have to have a 1DX Mark II to be no. able to photograph and film hummingbirds, which must be one of the most difficult uh, God, yeah. bird subjects yeah. to um, to film and photograph. Yeah. Um, and so I think it absolutely is about uh, using the right tool for the job and, and the right tool that works for you. Um, and you said about um, focus tracking. So with my video work, it was never possible on my uh, 5D Mark III and my C100 video camera. But the EOS R and the 5D Mark IV have both got um, uh, facial recognition and focus tracking. Yeah. Um, and they're an absolute boon for, for video work, especially, you know, two camera setup. And you're a, you're a one man um, job at that particular time. You, you, you can't have two people on two cameras. But, but great for the great yeah. for the stills as well, Max. I know you said you listened to the Vincent episode. Yeah, what he talked about there with using the focus tracking and whatever. Yeah, and stills. Oh yeah. my god, I'm still I'm still yeah. raving about that now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just actually messaged Glenn on the chat because we do that when we want to keep the interview going, and I I put I want to ask about what he's doing with video. So seeing as you mentioned <laughs> the gear, obviously we're talking about photography gear, but I know you've moved more into the video side. So yeah. obviously. Uh, you've got the gear that can cover it. So what, as a photographer mm-hmm. that's now doing video, what? just talk a little bit about that transition and what enjoyment you're getting from it and, and what kind of work you get from it. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I made a decision um, about a year ago that um, I felt a little bit behind the curve with photography. I felt I was I was playing catch up with uh, with weddings um, when I was doing weddings you know you go to a wedding fair like then I used to do the national wedding show and um, you would go and there would be 10 photographers out of a hundred a um, hundred uh, exhibitors um, and I kind of have this thing where I can't be bothered with having to um, stand up and stand out in a crowded arena um, I would rather people. Go, I, I I think I've worked out that a lot of the people that go to those shows are looking for the best deal possible, and whilst it got me quite a lot of work, um, yeah, just being another photographer in a plethora of photographers was was killing me. It was a little bit soul destroying, um, and so. <sighs> There are a lot of stats being banded around at the moment um, that I am listening to um, and I am repeating as well in in some of my networking sessions. Um, And they say that by the end of this year, middle of next year, 
80% of all consumer internet traffic is going to be video. 80%. And uh, at the moment, um, apparently it's something like 8 billion video views on Facebook every single day. Wow. Do you know YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine? Yes. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Um, And I, for once, kind of want to be up there blasting forward. Um, And it's taken me... ahead of the curve. uh, Or at least, you know, with it. Um, It's it's taken me 11 years uh, of working um, to, to get to a point where... I think there is still a really, really good opportunity um, to to be up there as it's happening. Um, and so I, I sell my services of uh, with video um, to businesses, um, it, it effectively saying that anybody that isn't currently using video as part of their marketing strategy right now is going to get left behind. Um, and in fact, I was at a networking thing this morning where I said um, any business not using video is is stuck in the 90s where we all used to use checkbooks. And you might as well take one of those checks and write out a check to your competitors who are using video because you're pretty much throwing money away if you're not doing it. But it's it's not just about creating two, three minute videos, sticking it on your website and waiting for the phone to ring. Um, it's about regular content, regular updates, um, and creating five, 10, 15 second clips of video, um, that have got stories to them as well, you know, that follow that whole story thing of, uh, of a need, uh, a problem, a climax, uh, creating, what is it? Creating, uh, a problem that the customer has and then answering or giving them the solution to the problem that they yeah. have. Um, and, um, and, and it's working quite well. And I, I started off doing, um, just doing the two, three minute videos. Um, Do you know, talk, talking of the videos though, I, yeah. I, I said to you yesterday, when we had a quick chat on the phone. I watched your, the video that it's on your Facebook kind of business page. Yes. And it's all about the headshot and, and yeah. making sure, you know, telling people basically that they should have an up-to-date headshot and yeah. the reasons why. Yeah. And I, I thought, I'll just have a quick listen or a quick watch rather for a few seconds. I ended up watching all of it. Nice. It, it was compelling and the, it was really, really good quality and it just made such sense. So, mm. and I don't know if Dave, I mean, this is only relevant for us because we're kind of looking at you on the screen yeah. as opposed to the listeners just listening. But Dave, have you noticed how... Matt has become so much more animated now he's talking about video. Yeah. Have you noticed it? Now I'm not, he's sat up straight. Yeah, yeah. He's well. leaning forward, he's right <laughs> on his mic. And and I don't I say that because now I'm seeing you visually, you've changed. You look like you're more kind of excited. And that's not to say that you weren't excited with the photography, but it's so clear now. Even for me, just hearing what you're saying and watching how your body language has changed, mm. is that you are it's almost like you're 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 back on gate. You're back on point. You're, you're excited. Re-ignited. You're reignited. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. Rather than being somebody who's no, I've got to make this work. I've got to and just keep trudging away and slogging your way through. You think no, I'm looking at the industry. I'm doing my research. This is where things are going. I actually really enjoy that. This could be something I'm going to be really good at, and I'm going to go for it. Yeah, it's so obvious. Yeah, and that that's selling me on you doing video. <laughs> And that's yeah. what it's all about, isn't it? That's yeah, what it's all absolutely. about. Is, is so... The gear can do it. The gear's there. I mean, the, most of these cameras do 4K video anyway. Yeah. And and just as a perfect example, just to throw a shout to our partner for, of the podcast, the photography show for five years has been the photography show. What? Why? And I'm struggling to say photography, <laughs> photography show. <laughs> but this year, it's the photography and video show because they've identified that video is a huge part of of that industry now that they go they cross over they're not exclusive anymore i'm really really excited about the fact that it's the photography and the video show Mm. um and in fact i'm i'm going to be up in uh in scotland um 
the week before, actually on the island of Harris with two really good friends of mine, uh, Margaret Soraya and uh, Paul Sanders, both amazing, amazing landscape photographers. They're running a joint workshop um, up on the island of Harris. So I'm going up um, to film and photograph behind the scenes for them. Oh, brilliant. And then I'm coming back down via the photography show where I'll be working with Light Blue cool. for uh, Monday, Tuesday. But I'm actually trying to work out how I can get down from the flipping arse end of Scotland <laughs> in time <laughs> to spend an entire day on Sunday so I can walk around the video show and see what's there. Yeah, fantastic. And there's some good stuff. There's some loads of good sessions yeah. and equipment this year. And I've learned quite a lot because I've been helping put together a video suite. And, you know, we've got Nigel Danson's going to be talking about YouTube. We've got Victoria Gresh is talking about video marketing. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got a guy, David O'Dowd, talking about, uh, like, how to create hacks for, for quick editing. So, like, shooting, knowing how you're going to edit. And that, all these little things that, it's not, again, it's not just about owning the camera. It's knowing how to be prepared on a shoot, how to be prepared before and after a shoot, how to market it. And like you say, you're making a little three minute clip, a 10 minute clip. There was a question today on on Facebook that says, how do most people make their money? And like you saying about you're not going to go and do a, a video shoot. You're shooting behind the scenes. My answer to how do I how do I make the most money in what I do is mine's teaching. I, I've earned more money in the last two or three years writing and teaching than I was doing it so it's just finding that thing that if you can if you're comfortable doing it because being on camera is a totally different thing to being behind the camera but yeah shooting behind the scenes going to an event I mean you and I talked about uh, which is an idea I've put forward to the show is we were talking about having um a GoPro up and doing the um the time they call it (laughs) time lapse time lapse (laughs) Doing time lapse of the crowds coming yeah. in and going to the live stage and seeing it like filling up and then emptying and filling up and getting because you can learn quite a bit of the traffic of of how people are coming to certain yeah. uh, sessions. But I thought, what a great idea to have to, to think of. Well, what isn't there? Where where can I fill a gap? And I've you know, and I've put you forward, and hopefully next year it'll be something. Nice. We talked about rigs being put up on the sets. Mm-hmm for people to record their own sessions mm. because there could be some really good training content there. Mm. There could be something that they good could idea. go home and transcribe and turn into a blog. Mm. So it's always these kind of, I hate the phrase thinking outside the box, but it's trying to be creative and think about other ideas that can help you just make that little bit and, more money. And it'll take it to the next level. Is that what <laughs> take it to the next yeah. level. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you could by the end of the year you could be earning six figures if you just follow my seven steps of my three secrets <laughs> and you could be an award-winning photographer <laughs> do you know oh, i've even stopped cool. saying that in networking as well because <laughs> you can hear uh, us on your yeah, shoulders absolutely <laughs> i know we get so many posts now and pri- personal messages on social media where people send us screenshots of ads where they seem take this to the next level take that to the next level but jo- but joking aside matt i mean what you've said there i think should resonate with a lot of our listeners people who are like day-to-day photographers who are maybe just kind of stuck where you've been Mm. and you know and i know when we've had personal conversation you've told us about some probably darker darker days you've had and harder times but i think the thing is is you're sat here talking to us as a working photographer you've not thrown the towel in you've not given in you've not made it a fad you've made it your your business and obviously you're going in a newer direction now with the video this is which is really cool to see the industry needs more honest people like you because being honest doesn't mean to say that oh that's it it's over look how excited you are now yeah. now that you're kind of reignited you're kind of you know your direction's changing you are excited and that's because you're being honest with yourself yeah but by being honest with yourself you're not being honest with other people you're going to help people think well actually yeah that's how i feel do you know what I mean? And that, yeah. that's what it's all about. And it isn't, like you said at the very start of this, this isn't Facebook world. Do you yeah, know what I mean? This it's isn't, real life. You know, it's, yeah. it's the real this world. Is the, this yeah. is the real world. And, you know, everything you touch doesn't turn to gold. It's sort mm. of, there are tough times to go through. So, yeah. I, listen, I, as we've been going through this, and we'll kind of wrap it up because I want to kind of keep stuff in reserve because I want to get you back on it because nice. I literally yeah. have. I know off, I think off air you kind of said to us, you know, I've got anything interesting to talk about. Within a couple of minutes, I'm thinking, this is why we wanted Matt. Because <laughs> oh, this, this is what we wanted to hear. This is what the people, I just know they want to hear this, mate. Mm. 
Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You've given us exactly what the reason why we said we need to get Matt on the show. Yeah. Because we know you. We know you can be a little bit more open and honest than maybe someone who... Because that's the other thing. When you meet someone you don't know, it, people have ulterior motives. Mm. They, you know, they, they maybe want to... There are some people out there who want to kind of hear the bad bits and it makes them feel better. But I think sometimes just chatting about it and being open. I mean, the amount of comments we get from listeners who just say that one thing you told me just made me stop doing that mm. and now I'm doing this and I'm and I'm loving it so no th- thank you Matt because say so it's just been a really illuminating well, but before thank we you. before we disappear Matt where mm. where would you want people to kind of connect with you to find you like social media links and stuff like that so yeah. I mean we'll put them in the show notes anyway but yeah I think um so I've got um with all the things that I've done I've got blimmin' hundreds all over the place. And this is, this is another one of the problems. But my video business um, is called The Lifestyle Video Company. Um, and so it, it's a bit of a mouthful, but it's www.thelifestylevideocompany.co.uk. Um, I, haven't, uh, I haven't done it yet, but I will be um, building the Facebook page and an Instagram page um, for both of those as well. Um, I've got a, it's a silly little thing, but I did it. It's, it's my little project for this year. Um, and I know, Glyn, we've, we've talked about this before. Yes, yeah. My one photo a day, just for the hell of taking a photo a day for myself. Um, you know, my, my Inst- I've, I've got about three people following me on Instagram. One's my, one's my fiance, one's her son um, and a couple of other friends. Um, and, you know, they like my posts, but I don't care because I'm doing oh, it for uh, me. Hold on a second. I, hold on a yeah. second. I'm checking my Come thing. Yeah, I'm following you on Instagram and I don't embarrass me online now. <laughs> I don't know. What, what are we looking yeah. for so on Instagram? It, it's uh, the, the Pelato, P-E-L-A-T-O. I am. I am. I am. I know that? I am. I've seen that. I'm sure I'm doing that. If I'm not, I'm doing it. Gets it gets posted to um, my Facebook page. Yes, so. look, there you go. There you go. <gasps> Mate. Yes, I know the exposure's bad, but I'm following nice. you. This, see? Oh, Three people. That. Make it five. I am now. Make it five, <laughs> Matt Pereira. <laughs> yeah, 18 followers. Yeah. Nice. Are you following us, though? Yeah, uh, I, I do on my other one, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's literally, it's just a little thing to... That, that, that was all part of the whole... Um, trying to keep it going, trying to keep it interesting take one photo a day sometimes it's a really crap photo but i've taken a photo that's the really important thing to just keep going and other times you know at the beginning of the year i um i went out with my uh, with josh my stepson took him down to brighton uh, sorry took him into london um and we did we just spent the morning taking photos he's doing uh, a level photography um and i was just teaching him some stuff um and we got some absolutely cracking photos and so there'll be some what i think are really good photos and other times there'll be some really crap ones but the important thing is I'm doing it every single day. Brilliant. Perfect. Exactly. Good on you, mate. Good on you. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I think we should wrap this up. Okay. Uh, Matt, from me, absolute brilliant. Thank you so much. I, I've genuinely enjoyed that. You are a top, top fella. Thank you so um, much. That was, and it's that it's was annoying that we don't see each other more often. But yeah. it's what I like about it is, and Dave, I'm sure you'll agree, when we do see each other, it's like we've just saw each other yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. We just pick up yeah. where we left off, and that's what real friends are all about. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I echo that. I mean, you know, every time I see you, it's just a, it's just a joy, mate. It's it's always lovely. And like we say, we, I mean, you came over to Swindon once, and we went for a pizza, nice. didn't we? Really, and nice. it was just so cool having just that one day to sit down and have a chat. And you know, and we should do it more. Maybe that's something we are guilty as as working professionals, whatever it is. Is Maybe we should find more time for each other outside of social media yeah. and just have, you know, you're going to networking events. Just, you know, ring up a photographer or a designer friend you haven't seen for a little while and go and have a coffee. Yeah. So every time Glenn and I go away, we are always going through problems and solutions and chatting about ideas. And every single time we come away with something new, it's always something we're going to do, a plan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, nice it, recovery, and Dave. Then we cut, yeah, and then we cuddle up and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but right, okay. Listen, I'm gonna. I'll make, we'll make a move, Matt. Thank you yeah. so much for your time, mate. Thank you both, so top much. man, as Appreciate always. Uh, and we'll see you in March. We'll see you in March. Yes, absolutely. All right, buddy. Take care. Cool. See you, Bye. mate. I mean, me and Glenn. 
every time, every time without fail, whenever we go away and we share that room, we just bang out <laughs> ideas, solutions, you know, iron out I, problems. I'm definitely it's... editing the way you said that then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Every time, every time we share a room, hang on, I'll start again. So, so every time me and Clint share a room, <laughs> I'm at, mate, I'm not, I'm not including that. <laughs> Dear me. All right, okay, let, hang on, no, let me say it because I want to make a point. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think where I'm going with that now. I've distracted myself. Sorry. Good job I can edit these things, isn't it? I know, I know. Jesus. Right, okay, I'll pick it back up. Pick it so back what up. I have to live with? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, because you put me off again. Uh, one, two, three, clap. Wait, hold on. Because you've just thrown me off. I had it then and you throw me off. Uh, at least we've got outtakes. Yeah. I love your Hang outtakes on, now, actually. Yeah, they're well funny. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. Hold on, because I was on about... Anyway, Matt, I was, okay. I was, have you been lately? All right. Uh, don't, because you just put me off. Oh... <laughs> Dear me. Uh, getting married in May. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that? Getting married in May. I can't segue that. Am I going to segue that in here? <laughs> no, no, we'll come back to that. Hang on, hang on. I just want, I'm just trying to catch my thread where I was going with that one. I'm tired today. I was up at half past five this morning. Oh, my heart bleeds. So was I. Look at that. Yeah. So was I. Smallest violin in the world. Look, look there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, years ago, my RE, my RE teacher used to say to us, oh, my heart pumps custard for you. <laughs> That sounds wrong. (laughs) 